Second Kings chapter 5. And I will read from verse 1 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. I want to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. This section talks about Naaman, a man, a human being, who was the commander of the army of Syria. And because of God's favor upon his life, this man prospered. This is the prophecy that is God, that God is giving to his people for this month of November. The favor of the Lord will cause the people of God to become great and honorable in the eyes of honorable people. There's a prophecy again. I want to say it so that you can hear it one more time. The favor of the Lord will cause the people of God who receive God's favor to become great and honorable in the sight of honorable people. I want to say it one more time. The favor of God will cause those who receive favor from God to become great and honorable in the sight of honorable people. The king of Syria was an honorable man, honorable in the sight of men. And in his sight, God lifted Naaman up. He put him in that place and from the place of honor, God gave him great honor. To become a commander itself was an honorable thing. But in there, you can be a commander and lead your country to defeat. But because of God's favor that was with Naaman, God caused Naaman to prosper. When Naaman led the battle, the country won the battle. Naaman led his country into victory. The victory was obtained by Naaman from God because God's favor was upon Naaman. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When God's favor comes upon a person, God will do that which he has purposed in his heart. So what was God's purpose for Naaman here? What was God doing here? God's purpose for Naaman was to bless Naaman. And the blessing of God caused Naaman to become great in the sight of this king of Syria. The king of Syria, if he thinks that Naaman brings success to my country, uh, how about the rest of the people? 
So to be honored by the most honorable person in his lifetime is a great honor. God gave that honor to Naaman. We don't see Naaman running after honor here. Naaman was a man of faith. We will see that in a few minutes. We need to know that the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro looking to see whose hearts are loyal towards him, even those who don't know him. When their heart is in the right place and, and they go looking for the victory that needs to be obtained, not from within themselves, but from God Almighty, God gives them that favor and God leads them to the source of blessing to actually discover, oh, this is where my blessing came from. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. In this month of November, the favor of the Lord will cause his people to receive great honor. In the eyes of honorable people, there's a word from God, because the favor of the Lord goes before. If we find favor in the sight of God, then God will cause us to become great and honorable in the sight of honorable people. I'm going to say it again. When we find a favor in the eyes of God, God will lift us up from where we are and he will place us before the honorable people and he will give us the greatness and honor that comes from the hand of the living God. His hand will lift us up and he will place us before the honorable people. That means the honorable people will say that this is valuable. I can't do without this. And that's the work of God because God is with that person. When God's favor is upon a person, God brings greatness and honor to those whom God honors. God's favor goes before those who fear him, who has faith in him. Now, Naaman did not know the living God like how he knew after he got healed but he knew one thing there is a god there is a god and there is a god and for his success he went to god and god who saw him looking for him stood with him and gave him the honor not only he gave him the honor and victory he also took care of his leprosy that was there god is speaking to our hearts there this is a word from god almighty in the month of november the honor that comes from god is the most important honor that a person can receive. The honor that comes from God comes as a result of the favor of God that goes before a person. He makes them great and honorable in the sight of honorable people. And he just doesn't leave it there. He doesn't say that, um, Naaman, you have great honor and um, you have found favor in the sight of your king. And I've given you all these things and enjoy it for some more years. And then when your leprosy eats you up, you are gone. God is not like that. God blessed him with honor. He made him great in the sight of the honorable people. And God took care of his leprosy. That means God brought healing to Naaman. You know, ultimately what happened? The God who gave him this honor and these victories, this God who healed him from his leprosy, 
revealed to Naaman in a much closer way. That Naaman said, this is my God. I've discovered him. I've discovered him. There's this closeness that happens as a result of the favor of God. The favor of God will bless the person in the physical realm. The favor of God will bless the person in their body. The favor of God will bless the person in their soul. There's this total blessing that comes from God as a result of the favor of God. When a person, the Bible says, in in every nation, whoever is godly, God chooses them for himself. Naaman was such a person. A person who really God saw that he has faith and he will be loyal towards the living God. He had such a heart. God said, I will bless them and make myself known to him, just like how he did. For Abraham, who did not know Abraham, God revealed to Abraham in a different way. God revealed to Naaman in a different way. What their relationships with God was different. But you see God intervening in each person's life very differently. In Naaman's life, the honor and the greatness came to Naaman as a result of God giving him victory as a commander in Syria. God gave him the victory. Know this for sure. Every victory that we get must come from the hand of God. When we are in God's presence, when we learn to honor him, when we learn to put him first, with what little knowledge we have, when we are faithful to God in that little knowledge we have, when we say, Lord, I'll put you first, God will honor you and God will make you the head. God will bless you. God will give you favor. God will give you the victory. God will give you that which you need and he will place you in front of the honorable people. He'll honor you. He'll cause the honorable people to honor you. The focus is becoming a delight to God. God is pleased to favor you. God is so pleased to favor you that he favors you because he's so pleased with your life. If God can do that for Naaman, how much more for those who know him? How much more for those who know him? God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. This month is a very, very uh, glorious month. Glorious month. Where God will honor those who honor him. God will place his people before honorable people. Those who honor him, God will place them before honorable people. Greatness and honor will come to those who honor him. Victory after victory will come to those who honor him. And whatever is there that looks impossible in the sight of man, such as this leprosy that was there, God will lead his people towards the source of that blessing where Naaman was led to prophet Elisha who had the healing for his leprosy in his hands. God is speaking to our hearts today. Out of all the people in the land of Israel, Naaman was the only one who was healed from leprosy. Jesus said that in the New Testament. 
You see, the lepers in Israel, Israelite lepers, this uh, Syrian leper, you see, Israelite lepers, they should be the ones receiving God's favor. They should be the ones who should be reaching out to God and expressing their faith in God, going to the prophet of God, receiving the healing from God. But the sad part here is not a single leper was healed during prophet Elisha's lifetime, even though he had the healing virtue in him. He had the key to release that healing to all of those lepers there. Not a single leper came to prophet Elisha as Naaman did because they did not believe in the God of Israel, even though they were Israelite people. Even though they heard of all the miracles that God had done, parting the Red Sea to the plagues and to the walls of Jericho and all kinds of things that Jesus, that God Almighty did in the Old Testament before Naaman was born and before the lepers who lived during Elisha's time were even born, all kinds of miracles God did. And these people in Israel, they heard all these things. They should have been the first ones to go and get the healing from Prophet Elisha. But you know what? They weren't. Someone from far away is traveling and coming. And look what he got. The blessing from God. Is God partial? No. Those who had faith and those who were diligent. Got the blessing from God. In this month of November. Be like the Syrian man, not like the Israelite people. Though they had the prophet right there. Though they had the prophet who had the keys to the healing right there. They did not make that move of faith. Rather, they chose to live as lepers and die as lepers. But you see, Naaman, he had to travel far away. He had to move from one place to the other. He had to leave his family behind. He had to go to a nation that he was not really familiar with and which was not his own nation. He had to make all the attempts and also inform Lots of different people that he had leprosy. I have leprosy. I have leprosy. Give me permission so that I can go to the prophet Elisha. I have leprosy. He had to even inform the king of Israel that he had leprosy. Oh, it may look so embarrassing. But Naaman was not a person who, who was hindered by what people would say. There are many people who think that I don't want somebody to look and think that I have this or I don't have this or I'm capable of this or I'm not capable of this. So I just want to be undercover. They don't receive the blessings of God. Naaman was a man who did not have ego. He was a man who said, if the king thinks I'm a leper, that's fine. If the entire army thinks I'm a leper, that's fine. One thing I know. 
once I get to Elisha, I'm not going to be a leper anymore. When I come back, I'm not going to be a leper anymore. What do you call that? What do you call that? You call that great faith, great faith. He had a goal and he worked towards that goal. No matter what hindrance was there in front of him. It was someone who had such faith that faith actually brought all the hindrances down. Made it to where the prophet was. God is speaking to our hearts today. This man became an honorable man. and He was great in the sight of the king of Syria. Because God elevated him. He gave him victory after victory after victory. That's something that God saw that pleased him so much. God gave the Syrian army victory because of Naaman. But there was this leprosy that was there. That he had in his body. It looked like it came out of nowhere. It was a grief to him, to his wife, to his family. With all the victories I have, he would have told his wife, I have this leprosy. After some time, I won't be able to do anything. I'll become a full-blown leper. What's going to happen to my life? He could have had all these thoughts and worries. We don't even know how many times he prayed to the unknown God. The God of heavens who heard that. The very same God who lifted him up and who brought him to an honorable place in Syria also saw the leprosy he had. Something that happened in his life, which the Lord used to elevate him even more. From being an honorable man in the sight of Syrian king, to becoming an honorable person in the sight of God even more. It means he became a worshiper of the living God. All of a sudden his eyes were open. This is the real God. You know why? Because no one was able to heal him of his leprosy. He was a man of faith, great faith. Who? Name it. Anywhere God sees faith, God loves to see faith. And he says, I can work with you. I will honor your faith. Even though he did not know the living God, he knew one thing, there is a God. And he had his faith in that God. Every time he went to war, he called out to that God. He had his faith in that God. And God knew that he doesn't know me, but he believes in God and his heart is loyal towards what he knows. And he says, I will give you victory and I will lift you up and I will bring you to a place where you will know me on a personal level. Even through the negative thing that was in his life, God used that very negative thing to raise him up to a place of greatness. 
he went back to his country physically as a Syrian commander, but inwardly as a child of God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. You must surrender yourself to God, having known the living God more than what Naaman knew of. Every single person here should have a greater loyalty to the living God, having received a greater understanding of who the real God is. If God can do such a thing for Naaman, lift him up to a place of great honor, because his heart was so pleasing before God Almighty. And God said, Naaman, I'll give you victory. A blessing that belonged to the Jewish people. Where you shall be the head and not the tail. Without Naaman being a Syrian, without him even knowing the God of Israel, because his heart was so loyal towards the God of heaven, but he didn't know that this is the great I am. The God of the Hebrews. He didn't know that. But what he knew, he was loyal. His heart was so loyal towards God. Such faith he had, he believed that there is a God and this God hears. He was someone who truly worshipped out of a loyal heart. And God who saw him, truly godly, with a loyal heart towards God, having the faith in God, gave him victory and made him an honorable man before that honorable king. Now this leprosy that is there, someone can ask uh, this question. If that's the case, why did he get leprosy? If God made him an honorable man before this honorable king, and this country that is actually winning its war, wherever it goes, and it's because of Naaman, and, and because God himself is giving the victory to uh, Syria through Naaman, why did God allow him to have this leprosy? There's a reason for everything. When God allows something to happen in the lives of those who have favor with God, always know that, it will actually work towards giving them a greater blessing. If you are faithful to God, if your heart is loyal towards God, and your faith in God is really, really strong, you're putting him personal things, then whatever problem you may have in your life, no matter what it may be, no matter how incurable or how um, long-standing and how deadly it may appear, it will not touch the blessing that God has given to you. This is a prophecy God is giving at this hour. Naaman's leprosy did not affect the greatness and honor that was given by God to Naaman, just like that. Whatever blessing and honor and greatness that come from the hands of the living God, 
will not be touched and cannot be touched by anything that can come to threaten that which God has placed upon his people. Instead, that very thing will work towards a greater blessing in the lives of those who are faithful to God. Which means, this leprosy itself will be used by God to lead Naaman right to Prophet Elisha. You know what what an honor that is? Straight to the place where he can know the power of the living God. To experience the power of the living God. The power of the same God who gave that honor and favor. Now you're going to have a direct encounter. Where you're going to know that the person whom I'm worshiping, my heart was longing for to connect with this God of heaven. But I was worshiping not knowing who the true God is. I know now, I've discovered something now. The God of Israel is not only the God of the Israelites, but he's my God too. That I can become his child too. This is the God who has blessed me. It's because of his love that I have come in contact with his prophet. It's because of his love I have received my healing. Naaman was not a person who said, I've received the healing now. Bye-bye. Like a lot of people. They come, they get prayed for, and then they prayed over, and then they get their healing. And after that, you won't even know what happened to them. They won't even say bye. They're like the nine lepers out of ten who got healed and never came back to Jesus to give thanks to Jesus. They said, oh, I'll go to the temple and I will give my offering to the temple and I will um, just praise God there and I will go home. Well, who's the one who healed you? They won't even come back to let them know. Ungrateful people. There are many ungrateful people who are there. Who are into themselves. They'll receive everything from God and run the other way towards living a me-centered life. But Naaman was not like that. Naaman was not like that. After he received healing, he came back. You see his life. And you can know why God blessed him. Why God favored him. Why did he do that? When you read the life of Naaman, we know, oh, this is why. A man of faith. A man of integrity and gratitude you look at name and i'm going to take you through a few more verses before we conclude for tonight let's just read here i'm just going to take you to verse two and we will continue from here and the syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of israel she waited on naaman's wife Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. 
And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over and heal the leprosy. Are not the, are not the Abna and Parpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Now. I want to stop right here. There are many things here in this passage. Well, we're just going to focus on what the Holy Spirit wants us to focus on this night. You look at Naaman, Naaman's faith, Naaman's integrity and Naaman's faith. What led Naaman to his blessing is the focus of today's word from God. Who will God bless and why will he bless even people that really don't know him? Why should God bless them? Because their hearts are loyal towards God. With what they know, they're so loyal. And God knows that their heart is for the living God. They think something is true when it's not, but they're having their faith on it. And God sees, he says, look what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to reveal myself to you. And God used that leprosy to make himself known to Naaman. That leprosy was not able to tarnish the image that God gave to him before his king. Think about that. For him to go and tell his king where he's working, 
I have leprosy. Give me a letter of recommendation so that I can go to Israel. Think about that. For him to do that, how much faith he should have had in what the little girl, the Israeli girl, told his wife. That this prophet can heal. If he can only go to him. Naaman took it very seriously. He was a man who believed in God Almighty. He was a man who had faith in the power of God. He knew that God can heal him of his leprosy, even though it looked impossible. He knew that if he goes to Israel, this will happen. So what is he doing? He's going straight to his king and he's telling him, I am a leper. I have leprosy. This is my condition, but there is hope. I can actually go there and get rid of my leprosy and I can continue to be a blessing in our kingdom, your kingdom here, O king. Because God gave such favor and honor in the eyes of the Syrian king. The Syrian king had such great value and worth for Naaman. He didn't want to lose him. He didn't say, oh, I can't believe that you have leprosy. Oh, my God, what am I going to do if Naaman is gone and this leprosy is going to kill him? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this is going to get healed. And you're going to go to the Israeli king and you're going to tell that you have leprosy and he's going to laugh. And that's going to actually make him feel empowered because it's because of you we are winning all this war. And, and what if he comes and he overthrows us and he could have gotten into all these things. But you know what? God did not let that happen. Because of the favor of God that went before Naaman, whatever Naaman asked for was granted. He went to the king and he said, I need this letter of recommendation. And the king said, I will give to you. And whatever Naaman wanted, the king wrote and he gave it. And when you read this letter, let's just read this letter. Let's just go back here to this Scripture portion, verse 6. The letter says this. Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. Look at the faith the king of Syria had. When you look at all these things, it's, it's a grief, a great grief for God Almighty that the lepers in Israel, the Israeli lepers did not have the faith that the Syrian king and the Syrian commander had. No wonder God gave them victory. Think about that. Think about that. If you are someone who claims to know the living God, know this, that there are people who has who have little knowledge of God, but the faith is so strong, they get more things accomplished than people who claim to know the living God. Full of unbelief. Full of unbelief. Now, this letter is sent by the king. With full faith that Naaman will get healed. I'm sending my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. That means he knew that he can heal him. Now, this letter is going into the hands of the wrong person. And now the king of Israel is getting this and he's reading this letter and he got so angry. He tore his clothes and he said, am I God to kill and make a lot that this man sends a man to heal him of his leprosy? Then what is he saying? Oh, he is coming to fight with me. Look at that. He's starting trouble. Who's an, 
who is more in line with God? The Israeli king or the Syrian king? Think about that. The Israeli king and the Syrian king, the Israeli king and the Syrian king are having interaction through this letter. The Syrian king has full faith and he's sending this letter, sending Naaman to send him to the prophet of God there. The Israeli king is getting this letter. You think he doesn't know that the prophet of God is there? No, he knows. As soon as he sees us, he got like all upset. Who is working through the Israeli king? Who's working? Satan. To prevent Naaman from knowing the living God. Think about that. Satan then worked in the Syrian king. But Satan was able to work in the Israeli king. Think about that. Lots of times, Satan has so much room to cause confusion and problems, to hinder even new believers from coming to the Lord because he has found good seat in the lives of so-called Christians. People who claim to know God, they say that I am serving God or I am an Israelite. Meanwhile, they're hindrances to God's kingdom. Isn't that sad? They're hindering the work of God. God is sending Naaman. God is the one who gave the word through this little Israeli girl. Little girl. She knows better than the king of Israel. What a shame. She's young. She's a slave. The king has his throne. He's older. He's sitting there. But what she knows and the faith she has in her doing the will of God is totally different from The Israeli king sitting on the throne being used by the devil to hinder the work of God that is being done through this little girl and through and for this Syrian commander to come to the Lord and for that Syrian king to witness the power of the living God. Think about that. Think about that. Let no one be a hindrance to the work of God. But no one said that, well, I'm serving God or I'm over here in El or I know the Lord and I'm in this church and I this and that and be used by the devil to stop or to hinder another believer or a baby Christian that has come in or, or someone who doesn't even know the Lord or trying to come in to be hindered by your attitude by you being used as an agent of Satan. Don't let that happen. Be an agent of blessing. Be a useful vessel in the hands of God, not in the hands of Satan. Always see how to work together with God and his people to build the kingdom of God and to see new babies born in the kingdom of God and to see to it that they grow. Take care of yourself first off. Don't be a sick Christian trying to go and play nanny to a newborn believer and try to sneeze on them and get them sick too. It's very important to take care of yourself and not be a hindrance to anyone who's coming into the house of God, into the presence of God. This Israeli king is sitting there. Very bad spiritual state. The little slave girl is really in a far better place. Being used by God there than this Israeli king who is in the seat 
where he should be a representative of God, but he is actually representing Satan over there. Where the devil is working through him to stop what God wants to do in and through Naaman and for Naaman. But Satan couldn't succeed. You know why? Because the favor of God was upon Naaman. If God's favor is upon a person, God will move heaven and earth for this person. That's what God did. God moved the prophet of God to go and send the message to the king saying that, send him to me. The prophet didn't say, well, um, let him come to me. He wouldn't have said anything if God would have just told him, don't say anything. But it was God who moved the prophet to say, I've sent Naaman. This is what the devil is trying to do. You get him to you. That's what happened. The favor of God that was upon Naaman overpowered the cunning schemes of the devil, squashed it right there. That's the prophecy. It's the prophecy God is giving to you at this hour. For those who have God's divine favor, no matter what mischief Satan may try to make in the middle to try to stop the plan of God, to try to hinder the work of God, to try to take the blessing of God, God will work on your behalf. God will move the blessing right to you. This is the word of God. God caused the prophet to send this message through Elisha, the prophet, to the king. Send him to me. And he shall know that there's a prophet in Israel. That means a man of God who is representing God on earth, carrying the anointing of God, to release that healing to this person so that he can connect with God. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. So Naaman goes there. He's all happy. He says, well, now I'm actually getting to the place where I can get healed. I'm going to the prophet's house. And he goes there and he's standing outside the prophet's house. Well, it's the prophet's house. So not anybody and everybody can go inside that house. Even though he's a Syrian commander, Prophet Elisha is not going to say, oh, Syrian commander, an honorable man, even though God gave victories to him and God's favor was there. He's not going to say, well, come inside, come inside, come inside my house and I'll give you, you know, my sofa over there. Sit down here and, and uh, you can have a meal with me. No, that's not how it works. God has to say. Now, before Naaman could inherit that which God has for him, there is this word of the Lord that is coming to Elisha, the prophet, to give to Naaman. He came here for healing, right? So he's giving him the healing. And the word was, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. So, the word of God for this healing has been given to Naaman through his messenger, the servant, Gahasi. And he gets the message that he's supposed to go to this river and immerse himself seven times. And his flesh will be restored and he shall be clean. When the word came from the prophet of God through the messenger, not directly from the prophet because God has told him, not to have direct interaction with Naaman at that point. The favor of the Lord is going before, but there is this test that is there. 
But God is leading Naaman closer to himself now. Before he came closer. And he closer. There's something he had to do. Just like how God had Moses take off his sandals. There's something God is telling here for him to do. You need to get that done. Before you can actually face. See the prophet. And have that interaction with the prophet. So the word is coming. Go and wash yourself. Seven times in the Jordan River. And you shall be made whole. You shall be clean. You look at Naaman's response here. All of a sudden. The man who crossed over all the hindrances. And who came here now to the prophet's house. He had this expectation. He's coming. Hmm. I go there and the prophet will welcome me and he will come out to me and he will call on God and he will wave his hand over the place where he has leprosy. And this is how the leprosy will be healed. Why? Because he is coming from a pagan culture. He doesn't know anything about the ways of God, how God will operate. God doesn't need any of this kind of Methods that Naaman thinks that is necessary for his healing. In his country, his priests would have done something like that. Wherever they had sickness, they'll go something like this and say 10,000 words, whatever it is, then throw some things and do some physical thing for him to see. So that he knows something is happening for his faith to connect with it. God is leading him deeper. Naaman, you have a very strong faith. Now I'm going to just... Take your faith up to a whole new level. So now the word came from God through Gehazi. Go immerse yourself in the Jordan River seven times and you are going to be clean. Now the word of God has come to him. You will be made whole. That's a huge thing. What happened to Naaman? Naaman completely missed out that part. What did Naaman get in his head? In his head he got this. I got to go there and wash myself and take a bath over here. I can take a bath in my river over there. Why should I come and make a take a bath over here? To clean myself, to clean yourself, you take a bath. And I could have done that in that room. Why should I? He completely missed the part where the prophet of God has given the word that your flesh shall be made whole. You'll be clean. And this leprosy will be gone. Your flesh shall be restored to you. He missed the entire part. His whole thing is focusing on the river now. He thought that I came here for healing and he's not healing me. He's just telling me to go take a bath over there. While he was upset over this. God's favor is still coming to him because God knew. Amen. You missed the point here. So I'm going to show you my favor some more. Because God knew that this guy, Naaman, has the faith. If he gets it, he can get his healing. Now God is moving his servants and they're telling him, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean? Just do it. So they are bringing this point to him. Just do it. He's telling you to do something. It's the prophet who's telling you, just go do it. As soon as he heard that from the words of his servant, you see that he's not a man who said, what I've said, I've said. I will not go and do what he said. 
Now you guys are insulting me too. Now you're joining with him and you're telling me to do the same thing. Go and dunk myself over here in this river. I'm not going to do that. And he didn't go back. He was a man of humility. Even though he misunderstood what was said or the devil tried to make him misunderstand what was said and to rob his blessing, the, the devil tried with the king. He tried to do with Naaman, but couldn't get that successfully done. The favor of God still went ahead and moved the servant to tell him to clarify that once he got that point, he immediately said, let's go. Let's go. And he went to the river that the prophet of God told him to immerse himself. One time, two times, three times, four times, fifth, sixth, seventh time. He's a man of faith. Every time he dunked himself, the leprosy was there. He didn't say, well, the second time nothing is happening. And he didn't say, I'm getting frustrated. I'm going home. No. Many people are like that. Many people, they say, I'll try, but they won't try enough. They'll try a little bit and say, it's not working. I mean, when you get a word from a prophet of God, it has to work. It will work. If it's not working, that means you're doing something wrong. You're not doing what you should be doing. And many people will come and lie through their teeth and say that I did everything you told me. And I know that they did not do even half of what was told. First of all, if you do half, it's not going to work. But they wouldn't have even done half. They'll say, I did everything. Lying and not doing what God has told you to do will only rob you of your blessing. It's not going to do anything to Elisha. It will make you impotent. It'll make you insufficient. It'll actually make you. To stay where you are, a leper. But that coming out clean and coming to understand that I need to do that which I was told to do and thoroughly do it will what move a person from a state of leprosy to a state of wholeness. And that's what happened to Naaman. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Completely clean. The miracle happened where he immersed himself until he hit that seventh time and he came out. And that's when what was told by the prophet actually happened. It was given already. But when did it actually manifest? When he met that condition seven times. Naaman was a man of faith. Every time he went in, he came out. He knew that one more time. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to even when he didn't see it. That's why Jesus brings his life as an example during his lifetime. And he talked about faith. Naaman was a man of great faith. Great faith. Faith that God couldn't find even in Israel. What a, what a sorrowful statement. How the heart of God would have been grieved. At the same time, you have a stranger, a foreigner, who is from another country who didn't even know the God of Israel. But he was searching and he found him. He latched on to him. His faith was far greater than the ones with whom God made covenant with. He is receiving all the blessings from God. Meanwhile, these fellows are not. All these fellows are living under curse. Meanwhile, there, there, that guy. He's eligible for all the blessings are those who obey him and follow him and the promise of God that comes from 
the God of Israel to those who live in, a, in the covenant relationship is being experienced by those who are coming from far away. What's happening? They are being blessed. And meanwhile, those who are in Israel are staying as lepers and, and they're not even able to see. Elisha's right there. Lepers are right there. Outside, somebody's coming, getting healed. Even if they get healed, we still stay as lepers because we are unbelieving Israelites. What a tragedy. God does not want anyone to live like that. Every single one is chosen by God to be blessed by God, to be favored by God, to be highly favored by God, to be blessed by God, to be prospered by God. God is speaking at this hour. Lay hold of the blessings that God has for you by placing your faith in the blesser and by being diligent in what you should be. A diligent and by trusting God and doing, overcoming all the obstacles by your faith in God. Putting all that pride under your feet so that you can become everything that God has called you to be and inherit everything that God has called you to be and that very obstacle that comes your way will become a blessed thing for you so that you can know the God who has blessed you in an even more intimate way. Now you look at him. This is why God blessed him. Verse 16. And he returned to the man of God he and all his aides and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. What's he doing? He just didn't go his way saying, Oh, I got well and come on, let's go. I can't wait to go and show my king and show my wife and show my relatives and tell everyone I can't wait and I got to run back to my country. And he didn't leave in haste now. He was a man who knew how to honor God. He was a man who was full of faith. And he said, I am leaving. I know when I go there to the prophet of God, I will get healed. And I know when I go there, I will receive something. But I can never receive from anywhere else. And I'm not going to go empty handed. I'm going to go there with expectation i believe that because i know that i'll get healed therefore i'm going to take all these things there see the faith if he thought that i don't think i'm going to i don't know i don't want to take all these things and what if i come back home as the leper he was not a man of unbelief he was a man of great faith and what he purposed in his heart that i'm going to take this and when i receive the healing from this prophet of God, I'm going to give these things to him for what he has done for me. Because if he wouldn't have given this, I would have stayed a leper for the rest of my life. Look at the gratitude he had. Jesus brought that up. When that one leper came back to thank Jesus for his healing. The nine went away. One came back to thank Jesus. The nine went there to to show themselves to the priest. They went to the temple of God, but one came back before even going to the temple, came back to Jesus with a heart of gratitude. God sees that. Now, when he came back, this was the time where 
Naaman actually has an encounter with. So, the man, Naaman, he has his encounter with the living God through the prophet of God. When he first came, the prophet didn't see him. But now the leprosy is gone. He's coming with gratitude. God causes him to have this encounter with him. To actually bring that which he brought to give to him. To show his gratitude. Also to show his faith that he was prepared. When he came, he was prepared. He believed that he was going to get healed and he prepared himself for that. And he brought these things here. And he says, he returned to the man of God. He and all his statements came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now I know who the living God is. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. See the connection he was able to make? A Syrian man, a man who did not know anything about the God of Israel. He knows now that this is the living God. He was able to make that connection that this God is the real God all over the world. There's no one else like this God. He got that understanding. Next, he understood. This prophet of God is in his place over here. And I understand that. That this is the living God. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to go show my gratitude here. And what did he do? He brought the gift that he already knew that he was going to get healed by faith. And he brought it to him. Now, this is where the prophet of God is speaking. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Now, you see that God leads his servants in different ways, his prophets. Certain times he will say, take it. Certain times he will say, don't take it. This is where it's very important not to get offended when it's not taken because God speaks very clearly. Don't receive. Not because Naaman was bad or anything, but there was this test that was there for Gehazi, his servant there. God told Elisha, don't take it. There was a test for Gehazi that was kept there. So because of that, he's saying, don't take it. I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Think about this. The God who kept Elisha from talking to Naaman directly before. Now, this Syrian commander who is the leper, who is no longer a leper, who is healed, standing face to face with this the prophet of God, the representative of the Most High God, who is higher than the Syrian commander. He's actually able to see him and talk to him now. And he's now saying, take this. Take this. Prophet Elisha then say, oh, this is the commander who's, you know, saying this. And if I refuse it, and you know, he's going to feel offended. No, 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 no. A true prophet of God will never please man, no matter 
where they are, what position they are in. This is why when the Lord told him, don't see him, just tell this through your servant. Elisha did exactly that. He did not go and see because he knew that. Even though Naaman is a commander who's been blessed by God and who is of great honor and value in his country and all around. The prophet of God who serves God directly goes about the Syrian commander. And this prophet of God serves God directly. So you don't have to worry about him. You don't have to think about what he will think and, oh, will he get offended? And because of that, will he, you know, think bad about the God of Israel? He didn't have any of those things because he knew if God says do this and do this and don't do this and that's all. Elisha does. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Because God cares about the Syrian commander. And he knows that God is always right. When he says, just tell this through your servant, that's all. Elisha does. When he says, now you can speak to him. Now he can speak to you. You can see him. That's what he does. And so you look at the awe of Naaman there standing. And he's urging him to take. And the prophet says, no, I can't take it. Even though he urged him, he said, no, I cannot take it. And this Gehazi is standing there, his servant, watching all these things. You know, the difference is very, it's a tragedy, tragedy, big tragedy. Because you see, Naaman, who's traveling from such far distance, such an honorable position he's in, he can barely see this prophet of God, who's such an honorable man in the sight of God, above everyone on the face of the earth, above the Israeli king, above the Syrian king, above everybody. But this servant of Elisha had the privilege to be with him day and night. Be so close to him day and night, where the commander of Syria did not have that privilege. He couldn't even see him when he came the first time. Now he's able to stand before him and he's saying, take this, please take this. And he said, no, I'm not going to take this. Because God was going to expose Gehazi that day. Very dangerous place to be in. Being close to those who are anointed of God. It's a privilege. At the same time, it can become a snare if it's misused. To think that, oh, I know, oh, you know, I can do what I want to do and speak what you're not told to speak or do that you're not told to do and operate on your own is a dangerous place to be in. Gehazi had the opportunity, great privilege of God. He could have turned out just like Prophet Elisha who was a servant to Prophet Elijah. But Gehazi was not like that. He stayed with the prophet. He saw the power of God, but he thought he was smarter than the prophet of God. His heart went after the things of God. He thought that, hmm, this prophet is not smart enough to take all that he is giving. He healed him of his leprosy. He should have taken all these things. He didn't take it. He doesn't know how to live. I'll take it. Coveting. It's a great sin. It's a snare. It can take a person out of the place that God has placed them in. What happened to Gehazi? Why will he do such a thing? 
being moved by the devil. This is not an overnight thing that happened. It was something that was going on in Gehasi for a while, and it was God's time to expose Gehasi and remove him from there. Very dangerous place to be in. It's a warning God is giving to every single one here. Never think that because you're in this church or because you're where the anointing of God is overflowing, where you get to see the shepherds of God day in and day out and hear and be so closely acquainted with the power of God that you can despise or disregard what God is doing and do your own thing. It'll put you in a very dangerous place. Never think that you know more than the prophet of God. It'll put you in a very dangerous place. Never think that you're smarter than the prophet of God. When God leads through the prophets and say, no, that means it's a no. Don't take it. That means don't take it. Don't do this. That means don't do this. Don't give yourself over to the enemy in any way to overstep that boundary and put yourself in the danger zone. That's when Satan will just snatch you out of there. So Naaman said, then if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifices to other God, but to the Lord. Now, when you look at these things, let's just go here. I cannot um, go without going to verse 20 as the spirit of the Lord wants me to tonight before we finish. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian while not receiving from his hand what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. Look at this. He's even bringing God into the picture here. As the Lord lives. Look at this. Look at this. I can't believe that this prophet did not take what this man gave. This is something God is giving to him and he's rejecting this. Look at this. I can't believe this. As the Lord lives, I'm going to go get it. He's like forfeiting it. I'm going to go get it. Oh, no. What a fool he was to do something like that. Very dangerous place to be in. Samuel became the prophet of God because he served Eli, who was placed about him. Which means he did nothing more, nothing less. What he was told he did, nothing more, nothing less. He waited to hear from the mouth of the prophet, from the mouth of the priest, and did what he was told to do. That's how he served God directly. Elisha also. He served the prophet of God, Elijah. Did nothing more and nothing less. That's how. He came to a place where Elisha didn't ask, oh, you're leaving, give me this now. God moved the prophet of God, Elijah, to ask him, what do you want? And it was in that place where it was God's time, where the spirit of God moved Elisha to ask Elijah, that which would be useful for the service of God. Now you look at this man, Gehasi, sitting there. Seeing God do mighty things. Instead of waiting on the prophet to hear what he must do. He's doing his own thing in the name of God. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. 
the Prophet had a beautiful conversation with Naaman, the army commander, and sent him with his blessing. Now this army commander had this peace, this joy that not only he's a leper, but he is a citizen of heaven and he's going back home, even though he's taking all the things that he brought. Because of the conversation he had with the prophet of God, he didn't feel bad. He was moving forward with the the peace of God that came from the prophet of God. He's so happy, full of joy. He's going back to his homeland. And knowing who the living God is. But here, while you have someone grow in their spiritual life and inherit the kingdom of God, you have another person simultaneously who was so close to the prophet of God. When I say close, he was not his buddy. He was there to serve him. But he had the privilege to be with him. This man is like, in oh, I'm only here this one time and I may get, I'm get to, I'm, I'm getting to see the prophet of God. I'm getting to talk to the prophet of God. I'm getting to be blessed by the prophet of God. And he's going with such joy. And meanwhile, this guy is there day and night talking to the prophet of God every day had such a great privilege. He lost the reverence. He lost the fear of God. He became too comfortable. Let the devil come inside of him. Became too proud and thought that he was more spiritual and he can do better. Because of that, what happened? Now he is going to lose the call and everything he had, including his place in the kingdom of God. And inherit a curse that will never be taken away. God is speaking to our hearts today. As you're in the presence of God, in the house of God. With all that God has given here to the people of God. Never take the work of God for granted. Never take El Bethel International Ministries Church for granted. Never take the servants of God for granted. Never take the healings, the deliverances God has given for granted. Never take even the work that God has given to you to serve him in the house of God for granted. You know, there are a lot of people who think that, oh, you're doing this for El Bethel. You're not doing anything for El Bethel. Nobody's doing anything for El Bethel. If you're doing anything, it's a privilege that God has given to, to be even, to even to be able to serve God in any capacity. It's a great call of God and great honor and privilege that God has given. It has to be taken very seriously and it has to be held with great reverence. It has to be treated in a very holy and sacred way. The fear of the Lord has to be there. God, you've given this to me. I will hold this in high esteem and, and sanctify myself for it and treat this with great honor. And you don't take the things of God for granted. And never put yourself in a place where Gehazi put himself and opened the door for the devil to completely rob him of the blessing of God. Rob him of the position that God gave. Rob him of the closeness that God gave. Rob him of the call that God gave. Rob him of everything that God gave. He ended up receiving a curse which stayed with him till the day he died.
but be very careful. Never take that which God has given for granted. Never treat that which God has given to you lightly or think like how you will think yourself to be. It's a whole different realm. There's a whole different realm. We have to know that the realm of God is far greater than the realm of man. When we deal with the anointing of God, it's far greater and it is very, very weighty. But be very careful with it. And you look at Naaman. Look at the reverence he had. Look at the gratitude he had. Look at the heart he had. Look at the blessings he had. This is why God blessed this man. This is why Gehazi ended with a curse. You see two different people coming from two different places. One ends up with a blessing. The other simultaneously ends up with a curse. One got the leprosy out of his body. The other one got the leprosy upon himself and his generation. May God speak to us today. When it comes to the presence of God and the work of God, the servants of God, do not take it lightly. Do not take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Be like Naaman. Be like Naaman. Have faith in God and know your place in the kingdom of God. Be like Naaman and learn to listen. Once the servant of God says, no. And you know that it's a no. Be grateful that you got to know because there's a purpose why God will say no. Understand that you don't know everything. And when God does something, there's a purpose to it. And be willing to go with the flow of the spirit of God. Because that is wisdom. That will protect you from the snares of the enemy. And you look at him. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take some things from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. Basically, he's saying, Elisha doesn't know how to really live. He doesn't know how to make use of what God is sending. And Elisha doesn't know. I know better. I know how to do ministry. I know how to run this. I know how to do this. And I know how to make use of this. And meanwhile, Elisha the prophet doesn't know. Oh, that's Lucifer. Be very careful. Anytime you think that you know more than the prophet of God, God has placed in your life. The servants of God, God has placed in your life. You have to understand that the voice of Lucifer run far away from it. Divorce yourself from those voices. Because it will take you to where Gehazi went to the same pit. When you don't pay attention to the warnings of God, you'll end up where Gehazi ended. So be very careful. So, read this, verse 22, and he said, all well is mine. He's running after Naaman, and he's doing the opposite. Elisha didn't tell him. He didn't even go and ask Elisha, uh, my master, uh, I know you said no to this. Can I get a few pair of clothing from him? Can I go and get it? He didn't ask Elisha that. He did it behind Elisha's back. You know who are the people who do things behind God's servant's back? People who know that the answer will be a no. That is a red flag. When you know that the answer from the pastor or the prophet will be a no. And because you know it's going to be a no, you're going to do it behind their backs. Know that you're setting yourself 
You're setting yourself for a big fall. You are putting yourself inside a big trap. Don't blame Satan for it afterwards. Sneaky business will take you into the spiritual prison and make you bound to Satan. Be honest and be genuine when following God Almighty. And he said, all is well, my master has sent me. Indeed, just now, two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two change of garments. What a lie. What a lie. We saw about Ananias and Sapphira in our life. Don't lie to God's servants. And don't use God's servant's name and lie to someone else. Both will have a very severe consequence. Both. The punishment that will come will be very severe because when you use the servant of God's name, you're using God's name. Remember this. When you lie using their name, you're actually lying using God's name because this is interconnected. Because of the anointing of God that is upon them, it is interconnected. When people rose up and spoke against Moses, God got angry and he said, you're speaking against my servant, you're speaking against me. Moses said, why are you speaking against the Lord when people spoke against him? When Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter, Peter said, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? These are interconnected. Our church must understand this so that you don't fall into the snares of Satan. The Satan will raise up people so that he can drag them down. So you see here, Naaman goes and he lies and lies in the name of Elisha. And verse 24, when he came to the citadel, he took them from their hands and stored them away in the house. Then he let the men go and they departed. Now, when he went in and stood before his master, Elisha said to him, where did you go? Gahasi? Yeah, how kind the man of God is. The moment he came inside, he didn't say, you thief, you liar. No. Even then you see the grace of God coming to him. Where did you go? Gahasi? Where did you go? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. What a lie. What a lie. Your servant did not go anywhere. Now he's lying. He lied to those people using the prophet's name. Now he came to the prophet directly and he's lying directly to the prophet. What a presumptuous way to behave. We thought if he said he didn't go anywhere, he'd be fine. The prophet was so kind and loving all this time. He's moved by the spirit of God every single time. That God is a righteous God. Then he said to him, did my, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and Oxen, male and female servants, is it that time? God had clearly said no. You went and you lied. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out of his presence, leprous, as white as snow. Very similar to Ananias and Sapphira and Peter the Apostle. We must understand this. We must know the seriousness of this. 
the moment the word of God came out of the prophet's mouth, it was healing to Naaman. The moment the word of God came out of the prophet's mouth, it brought leprosy to Gehazi. One was not closely acquainted and he got the healing. The other one was closely acquainted. He received the curse. We have to be very careful. When we are in the presence of God, we need to have this reverence for God and not play games with God. Not to despise the presence of God, the house of God, the servants of God, the prophets of God. Don't take for granted that which has been given to you today because you won't have it tomorrow if you despise it. But those who hold on to it, you will have it till the very end, like how Elisha had Elijah till the very end. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to exalt you. God wants to make you a blessing. God wants to bless you beyond your understanding. God wants to give you his favor. This month is a month of blessing. At the same time, you must understand that if you don't take that which God is giving to you as holy and treat it with great reverence, then what happened to Gehazi not can happen to you, will happen to you in a different way. We must fear the Lord. We must serve him only. Not go after money. Not go after fame. Not go after name. Not go after pleasure. Not go after anything that does not come from the hands of God. Don't go after anything that comes from Satan. God gave Naaman, favor. God exalted him, made him honorable in the eyes of honorable people there. God gave him favor and gave him the healing that he needed. God gave him his favor and got him directly in connection with the prophet of God, brought the healing from God and who connected him with the living God. God blessed him with himself. Now he's going back to Israel, not only without leprosy, but with the God of Israel as his God. Like now he knows before he was there. Now he knows what a blessing. God wants to release that same blessing in this month of November. When all those who will have the character of Naaman, character of Naaman, need to have the character of Naaman. Two passages that we saw today. The second passage, I didn't go into reading that. But you can take the passage from the Bible and you can um, read that section. Ten lepers who came to Jesus. God healed. One came back to give God thanks. And how God asked this man this question, where are the nine? And that too, that one who came back was a Samaritan. Just like Naaman, who was a Syrian, the one who came back was a Samaritan. The rest of the guys who were Israelites didn't have that heart of gratitude. May God speak to every single one here.
straighten out that which is crooked in your life. God is about to do a new thing. God is about to do big things. God is about to unfold his blessings. God's favor is what we need. God himself is what we need. In this world, where God is, placed us. We are placed here with a purpose, which is to succeed in everything that God has given to us so that we can stand as his witnesses. We're his people. His people must be above and not beneath. It's our people who know our living God. Don't be like Gahasi. Set your heart on things above, not on things below. Never neglect to despise that which God has graciously given to you because it is a privilege. Never put yourself above God's servants and think that you know more than them. That will be a snare for you. Never go ahead of God's servants. It will be a snare for you. Never do things behind the backs of God's servants because it'll be a snare for you. Know that God will lead you to the fertile ground. God will lead you to the good ground. God will lead you to the green pastures. God will lead you to the still waters, provided you follow. You follow, not lead, you follow. You're keen on listening and obeying. You're keen on doing that which God has told you, just like our name and did. And God will prosper you in all things. God will honor you. God will expand you. God will take you deeper and deeper and deeper, further and further and further into every blessing that God has for you. As God bless Naaman in all things. We look at Naaman after he met the prophet of God. He was blessed in all things. Therefore, God had blessed him and gave him honor and seat among the great people. He had such favor in the eyes of God and honor before his king. But he had that leprosy. And just like how Abraham was blessed in all things, Naaman was blessed in all things. There's not a single area that was untouched by God Almighty. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack in any good thing. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Make sure you make humility your priority, integrity your priority. Make sure you stay away from all the snares of the enemy. Make sure you make the fear of the Lord your priority, reverence to God your priority. Make sure you understand your role and your place in the kingdom of God. Make sure you take that which God has given to you with utmost reverence and know that it's a privilege and treat it as holy unto the Lord. Then God will bless you in all things. As God bless Naaman, God will bless you. As God bless Elisha, God will bless you. And God will cause you to fulfill the role that God has for you in his kingdom. Shall we close eyes in the